Hello, and welcome to My Secrets of Stamina. This is Cindy Novotny, and I am here to give you tips and tricks along the way. You know, they've deemed me the radical mentor for a reason, and that reason is I say it like it is, but My Secrets to Stamina is what this podcast is all about. I am constantly bringing on great guests that share so many new ideas, but today I'm going to go solo, and I'm going to talk about entrepreneurship. You know, I think everybody says, yeah, I'm going to go out and make it on my own. And yet, can you? Can you really make it on your own? You know, being an entrepreneur, as many of you know, is not an easy task. It really takes a lot of work, a lot of hard work, a lot of stamina. I always say you got to have grit. You got to have grind. You got to grind to shine. But it's really about great leadership because even if you don't have a lot of employees and you're just a solo entrepreneur, you still bring in people to help you on projects, to work with you on different things. So it's important that as we go through my little chat right now, you think about, am I an entrepreneur that has a good brand? Am I an entrepreneur that is trying to scale or do I like being right where I am? Do I really love the industry that I chose to be in? I'm going to tell you right now. You've heard it a hundred times before. Oh, find you know a hobby that you love and then just go out and start a company with a hobby you love and then you'll be successful. Well, I got news for you. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way at all. And you have to become a master in sales in developing your own business. So I'm going to start out and talk a little bit about my tip on what an entrepreneur looks like. But throughout this, I'm specifically going to talk about your personal brand, your reputation, how you market yourself, how you're seen in social media all makes a difference. And I think that trying to persuade others to do business with you is harder when it's just you because you have to present yourself. I can do this for you. I can do that for you. When you work for a company, the company is supporting you and you're just part of that. So you have to be very intentional about setting up your strategic plan, what you want to do and how you want to grow and move your company, consulting, your small store, uh, your, your gifting business, your floral business, whatever it might be. So number one in really being sharp as an entrepreneur is to truly define why your purpose now everybody talks about why simon sinek coined it you know the why the why well i look at it this way you know there's going to be very various audiences that you're going to have to reach out to and you have to set yourself up to understand that yes business is personal so as you build your business you have to think about how do i identify myself not to just be like one shot one deal How do I branch out where I'm not trying to be all things to all people, but where I can surround myself and create a circle of influence that will help me target different audiences? What unique offering do you have? What do you have that nobody else can touch? So I look at myself because I am a successful entrepreneur and I'm proud of it, but I built a business not just by myself. So when I look back at how I started this business many, many years ago, I had the influence of my dad and the influence of my husband. Both brought completely different things to the table. At that point, neither of them worked with me and they just gave me advice and I took the advice and the advice worked. 
my dad gave me a lot of advice in training and development and coaching and consulting. And my husband gave me a lot of advice in business development and saving money and making sure you strategize right. And what is your intent? And you can't be all things to all people. Fast forward, they both ended up working with me and moved the needle way farther than I could have ever moved it on my own. So I want you to remember that you you have to have help. And the help might be family members, but it might not be because friends and family are only as good as the knowledge they bring to the table. Very important. So you can't have Uncle Joe and Aunt, you know, Billy over here telling you, oh, I do this and I do that. And here's how your logo should look. And here's how your signature, you get messed up completely. So number one, define your purpose. Those of you listening to me right now that are already in business for yourself, let's go back and audit your equity. Let's go back and audit who you are, what the business looks like, where are you today versus where you were? What is your conversion rate? How are you closing business? How are you finding new business? And then audit your personal brand. You have to identify and analyze exactly what is going on. Are you getting a lot of followers that that literally do business with you. You know, again, this is not about becoming an influencer. This is becoming an entrepreneur, big difference. So if I hear it once, I hear it twice. Well, you know, I have thousands of followers. I'm like, great. But how many of them do business with you? How many of them spend money with you? That's the difference. So I'm very proud that I'm not this huge influencer and I get two to five DMs a day having people reach out and say, oh, I want to introduce you to somebody. I think that you would be able to do some good sales training with them. Uh, Your credentials I've shared, and I know they would love chatting with you, and I would love to make that introduction. That is monetizing without being an influencer. That is making that difference. You also have to constantly reevaluate. Who are you? Where are you going? Where do you want to be as far as time and money? So I hear from a lot of people that they really feel that I don't want to work that hard. You know, I I have a family. I like to do yoga in the morning. I like to go to my spin class in the afternoon. And so I want something that fits in between those hours. Okay, not going to happen. And unless you want to open up a franchise that is like a dry bar or a juice bar, and you're going to hire a lot of employees that is gonna allow you to come in late, leave early. Well, I'm gonna even tell you that's not gonna work because those employees you hire are gonna call in sick. They're gonna quit. They're not gonna show up on time. You're gonna have your yoga class canceled because you've gotta get in there at 6 a.m. in the morning and start squeezing those oranges. So it is absolutely critical that you back up and say, why do I actually wanna be an entrepreneur? Maybe you just wanna work for a company And say, I want to work part-time. Do not confuse entrepreneurship with part-time work. Does not happen. And that's when I laugh. When I hear people say, oh, it must be nice to be your own boss. You're in charge of your own destiny. Well, again, news for you. Newsflash. I'm not in charge of my own destiny. You know why? I have clients. They're demanding. They absolutely make me jump through hoops and the hoops are on fire. And that's what I'm paid to do. Now, because I grew the company along with my husband, we now have employees and we have people all over the world that depend on us to keep it going. 
So I think about the qualities, the true qualities of an entrepreneur. And I'm going to start with heart and soul. You got to love to work. Love it. Like I love it. And I always talk about, and some of you have heard me say this, that, that listen to a lot of my podcasts. When I was over in Venice and I was watching all the glass blowers and I was seeing the young kids that were sweeping up the broken glass and I'm seeing the grandpa firing the most incredible chandeliers and blowing this glass and this unbelievable things. And then his son that was doing molding and then his son who was actually working on, you know, a new way to monetize with their website. And then their sons were cleaning things up, right? And I said to one of the gentlemen in Venice at one of the most famous, you know, glass blowing places in Venice, I said, it's amazing how you do this. He said, well, the problem is it takes a lot of love and a lot of gut and a lot of soul. My fear, and they pointed over to this little young one who was like eight years old sweeping up the glass, is that that generation won't have the grit and the grind to be able to keep this going. He said, you know, when you think about being really good in this business, you first learn to work with your hands and that's a labor. That's the little kids sweeping up the glass. He said, but then you put your mind into it and you start to create different designs. He said, look, we started just doing vases and certain small things that people would buy and take home. Now we're shipping chandeliers and literally, you know, pianos and I mean the amount of things they make chairs and tables he said because we put our mind into it but until you put your heart into it you really are never successful because that's the artist now I think of that in any business so let's just say a blow dry bar I'm gonna start and I go to blow dry bars all the time you know darling right the dry bars all the little yellow blowout things fun I look around and I see some that are very successful and I see some that aren't and I see some that close about every other month, another one goes out of business. And so I did a little research on this and found that the only people that was ever really successful in buying any franchise in the beauty world is already an esthetician, is already a hairstylist, already knows the business. But they try to market it that any of us can do it. I can just go lease a space, They'll franchise it. They'll ship me all my little yellow blow dryers and, and straight irons. And they'll give me a little book that shows this. I'll hire a lot of stylists that are only going to make a shorter amount of money, smaller amount of money, because they're not doing color. They're not doing cut. So why would I really get a lot of good ones? Because they can go over to a salon and they can make a lot of money by doing color, cut, you know, everything from creating blondes and doing all the extensions. So why would they actually want to work with me? So as I started to ask questions, I found that the only real successful ones were the ones that actually owned another salon, didn't want to take their top stylists that are making some serious money and have them just doing blowouts because a lot of people get blowouts. I'm one of them. So they did it in conjunction with their original salon. Now think about what this means. It means that the quality of a true entrepreneur is that you have to know how to make money. You can't say, oh, I love crafts. I'm just going to go to every craft show. Next time you're at a craft show. And I just went to one last weekend in my neighborhood. 
and the amount of skill and labor and love and talent that goes into building these unbelievable tables. And, you know, one gentleman was throwing clay and making these great mugs and all these things. I mean, I could never do this in a million years. And he's sitting at a craft show and hoping people come in, park their car, get a little latte and walk around to buy something really difficult. You got to spend a lot of time to sell a lot of mugs to make that kind of money. Now, if you're already loaded, you already have business that's doing well and you want to have a hobby, different story. But let's go back to the importance of that brand. I'm very proud of the fact that we never did one bit of marketing when we started this company. Everything was built on the fact that I had a huge history of success in hotels and in restaurants. And my success as being a top performer, working with Weston, Ritz-Carlton, working in, with independent hotels, you know, starting the some of the, the taste of Chicago that I did when I lived in Chicago, working for nightclubs, I had real success. I could show it. It was quantifiable. I didn't burn bridges. I had a good reputation. And that brand is what allowed us to put out our mark. That brand was, we're going to go out and show you how to be successful in hotel sales, catering, reservations, food and beverage, because we've done it. Not just because, oh, I think it'd be fun. I can travel. Not at all. It was because the personal brand had the foundation to really say, you've done it right. Secondly, when I look at brands and I look at what's important in these brands. I look at things like, do you walk your brand? Do you embody your brand? I do. I live with no balance and love it. I travel all the time. I don't bitch about it. I don't complain. I pulled my daughter out of school one week a month. I worked hard so I could have a nanny. I made sure that she, my daughter, my husband, that we embodied this brand. We loved it and we lived it and we did it. And we're still doing that. My social interaction, all my social media today, which I didn't have back then, embodies my brand. You don't see negative things out there for me. You don't see things that are that are complaining. You see life on the road, fun on the road. I'm highlighting my team, my trainers. And everybody that knows me knows that it's the real McCoy. And there's no faking it. I am what I am. There's no filters on my on my videos. And, and no one's writing any of this for me. I'm doing it all myself because I'm communicating the vibe. Not mundane, not negative. I'm communicating positivity, energy. I'm chippy. I'm happy. I'm perky. I'm just that person. And that's how I deliver that message. So when you communicate your brand story, because I think this is the other thing, do you know the story? What is your story? You know, it's not a huge media plan you have to put together, although you can. And I mean, it may, everything is so easy today. You can schedule your posts on even LinkedIn. That's a new feature on LinkedIn. You can schedule your posts. But do you know how many people in sales aren't even on LinkedIn or their profile sucks and they aren't doing a good job? Why? That's one of your simplest media platforms you can use in business today. But when you think about it, are you selling a product? Are you selling a service? Are you marketing something? How do people discover you? How do they know about you? I also get feedback that, well, I don't want to be a self-promoter. I don't want to be braggish. Well, uh, I'm sorry, proud out loud. 
whatever you're selling, whatever you want to promote, you have to be the one to do it. And that does include how you go to market, what your proposals look like, what your social media looks like, how you behave in public, how you behave at industry events. Obviously, I'm not in the press. Nobody knows my name in press and big media. And I don't even care because that's not the business I'm in. But I do socialize my brand. I will tell you right now, I socialize that brand because I have a narrative that people want to hear. I get people calling me all the time and saying to me, I would love for you just to call in and talk to my team. I would love for you to do a quick video just to energize my team. And at first I was like, really? I mean, I'm, I'm just Cindy. And they're like, yeah. And that's what we want you to be just Cindy, you know, because when I assess myself up against my competition and I have competition, the one thing I know that stands out is our ability to perform our incredible follow-up and follow through our sense of urgency but what it really is, is the grit and grind to shine. A couple other things that make a great entrepreneur, and that is being a great salesperson. Build it and they will come simply doesn't happen. And I don't care what anybody says. A restaurant, our restaurant, right? Very, very little advertising, very little marketing. Dave is like the mayor, Dave Hanna of, you know, Rancho Santa Margarita and surrounding areas. When we first opened, we were out talking, telling, sharing, speaking at every event. I was speaking at the high schools. He was speaking at the high schools and the churches, and we were getting people excited. The same thing applies to how we sell today. So first and foremost, you have to be good at new business development. If you don't like the word prospecting, I get that feedback, then how are you going to build your business? You have to get out there. You have to make people know who you are. Secondly, you have to learn to stop talking and listen, ask questions, do your own little market research, go out into your area, see what the comp set's doing, see who you're up against, ask questions and listen, listen and pay close attention to what they say. Ask open-ended questions to get your customers and your prospective customers to talk. Don't immediately jump into feature dumping and selling. And then create your story. Remember in a story, there's always a place a story takes place. There's always people in the story. There's always a plot, a beginning, a middle, and an end. But there's a reason I'm telling you the story. You know, when I told you the story about the glass blowers in Venice, I had a purpose for that story. And the story was to get you to understand that you have to have your head in it, your hands in it, and your heart into it. You also have to be good at asking for the business. Closing, not kumaya, oh, well, thank you. I hope you give me a call. I'd love to work with you. No, when can we get started? What is it gonna take? You know, recently I was asked to be on a podcast about dating. I think it's pretty funny. I loved it. And uh, I thought, well, I'm not, I haven't dated in a while for a long time, but I do have some tips. But my biggest tip was closing. Because even when I was younger and I was dating before I got married, I closed it every day. And let me tell you why that was important. I lived in Chicago. I would go on dates where I would meet them in different restaurants, Gina and Giorgetti's being my favorite, and they know that to this day. And I would uh, have a wonderful dinner. And then they would walk home because we could walk everywhere in Chicago and we'd get to my door and I had a doorman, Jimmy. I mean, he was so funny. I remember him to this day. And he would, after the date, he would laugh with me because we'd get to the door and some of the dates would say, well, thanks, you know, it was great. And I'd say, thank you so much for a great dinner. And then they say, okay, well, you know, I'll give you a buzz. 
And I would turn right around and say, wonderful, what day are you buzzing? And you could see the panic in some of the faces of these guys because they literally looked at me like, what? Well, I'm going to be traveling. Then I've got to, I'm going to be, you know, I've got something I'm doing with my, my family. And I'd say, that's fine. I know you're not buzzing. I know you're looking for five, seven blonde and skinny, and that's not me. So you have a good day. Have a good night. Have a good week. And thanks a lot. I'd talk to my roommates that I lived with at that time. And they'd say to me, was it great? I'd say, no, it was fabulous. I had a great time, met a new friend, but he's never calling again. He's not, he's not my type. He's not, I'm not his type. Where my friends would come home after every bloody date, thinking they closed every deal. Oh, this is great. This is it. This is the one. And it was never the one. You see, every time you present, every time you put yourself out there, you ask for the deal. But the last tip on selling is handling objections. As an entrepreneur, you're going to get more no's than yeses. And I always say you had me at no, not you had me at hello, you had me at no. Because every time I hear no, that's when I start really selling. That means I didn't hit the mark right, I didn't present right, I missed something, and that's when you actually have to start working. And most salespeople get terrified of the no. Most entrepreneurs, they lose all of their confidence. You got to kiss a lot of frogs before you get to the prince. And I'm here to tell you, this takes a long time. So if you're starting out as an entrepreneur, don't expect to buy your first BMW three months after you started the company. Save the money. Hold on. Focus. Have goals because it's going to take you one, two, three, sometimes four years to make a killing, to really bring in the dough. And that's how you become successful. I really think one of my biggest tips for being an entrepreneur is not to believe your own PR, which I don't. I don't. You might think, oh, yeah, you do. You've got all the social media and pictures of you. No, 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 no. That's not it at all. We're showing you the fun, you know? Hey, have fun. Get the job done. We love what we do. We are not full of ourselves, and we never believe that our past success guarantees us anything when the rules change. We have to show up time and time again and resell and represent. And I'm telling you, clients we've worked with forever, they still have to go out to bid. There's procurement. We still have to go in and we have to pitch. Our past success guarantees us nothing. So you can't get too full of yourself. So there are some people that have had a remarkable year, let's say, and they just like let it slide. They make all this money. And then the next year, they don't work quite as hard. And then all of a sudden, their pipeline isn't as full. And all of a sudden, they are running out of their existing customers that they had because they lost sight of taking care of their existing customers. And bingo, they're right back at level one again. So in order to stay really good, you always have that incredible base of business, but you never stop looking for new business. Every step along the way, you are finding new business. Another important tip for entrepreneurs is that don't spread yourself too thin. Don't start one business and then another, and then another, and then another. Stick in the lane you know. Stick with what you know. Stick with the things that are going to bring you the best return on your investment and don't spread yourself too thin. My third one is don't go rent all the real estate. Don't have big, unbelievable offices. Don't spend all this money so that you can have the look 
who comes to the office anyway? Hardly anyone these days. So save that money and put that money into the business. So you are working on the business constantly to grow it. Not getting your so self deep that you're in it, in it, in it, that you can't see the future. Remember, your past success guarantees you nothing when the rules change. The other big tip is that I never take advice ever from somebody who isn't really doing it right. I love to say, wow, why don't we just share W-2s? Are you kidding me? You're giving me advice and you don't even know what you're doing. You got to make sure that the advice you're taking from wealth investors, from business consultants, actually do the job. You know, there's a lot of people out there consulting to entrepreneurs that don't do the job. They just consult. We do the job. We are selling every day. We are training in this business every day. We are working in the food and beverage industry in a restaurant and with many of our clients. We are in the technology business to help hotels create profitable DMCs with our tech tools. We are doing it every day. So if you just simply focus on telling people what to do, how do you know what I'm telling you to do is going to be that great? So make sure you don't take advice or criticism from somebody who isn't as successful as you or more successful than you. It's like learning to play tennis with your friend that doesn't know how to play tennis either. I think you might want to hire a coach and that makes all the difference. So I really welcome questions and I know I'm talking to you and there's no Q&A going on, but I want you to DM me with questions. And I mean, honestly, and, and I'm not charging you for this. I'm giving you this as a gift. If you listen to this entire podcast, you know, I'm the real McCoy and I'm going to do this. DM me. Let me answer some of your questions. Let me see if I can help you. And if I can't, I'll steer you in the right direction. I am the real deal. I am the one that is called the radical mentor for a reason. I am the one that will give you the truth. I am the one that will never, ever steer you the wrong way. And I'm the one that's going to help you be successful, way more successful tomorrow than you were today. So take my advice. Enjoy yourself and build a company that someday you can look back on and say, well done. So don't miss my next episode as I bring on another amazing guest that's going to inspire you, share true secrets of stamina, and make it all happen. Can't wait to be with you next time.